Welcome to Opinionated, the podcast for opinionated people by opinionated people. As always, I am Amy Williamson and I am joined here with the fabulous Stephen Trajanovsky. Yes, hello, I'm back. That is me, Amy. <laughs> How are you? I am good. Collingwood won a game on the weekend, so that's a bonus. I also bought a new car. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. Um, I should, probably should have lived with a new car. If a Collingwood winning against the Gold Coast Suns, but still. No, that's okay. That's noteworthy. great. Um. Oh my god! I've been I have been waiting for you to be here because I have the funniest story. To, I don't know why I'm starting this off, but somebody accidentally sent me nude photos. Tell me, accident? Okay, how? So, a girlfriend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking, and she was telling about this guy that she's recently seen. Um, and she he happens to have the same name as this guy that uh, the guy that I've been dating. Wait, and. Are you dating someone? No, like going on dates. Yeah, like well, how do what, what do you how do you what words do you use? What are the informal words these days? I don't know. I'm not young. Uh, only three, four, three or four episodes ago. I think three episodes ago we did a dating. We did you? What? Funny you say that. I've still been going. I've still been seeing that guy that I had to go on the date with. From the podcast. This, that's amazing. Yeah, so there's, that's more, amazing. there's more revelations. The um, opinionated pod, bringing people together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I said, oh, show me a photo of him. And she met him off this website called FetLife. Um, I know about which this. Which is a website for people that have fetishes. So my yep. um, friend, God love her, um, has a fetish. She likes to be submissive and okay. she has like dominant men and whatever. Anyways. She sent me a photo of this guy, but she's taken a screenshot. So down the bottom oh, was her nudes. Was all her photos. So there was a photo of her performing an oral gesture. Oh on my her god! So there was a photo of her with okay, but there was a photo of her with a penis in her mouth. Uh huh. There was a photo of her naked. Oh no! There was also a photo of her. Trying out butt plugs. <laughs> Did you have a nice ring, though? Was she at least, like, was it appealing? Yeah, oh, no, they were very, they were very flattering photos. Fabulous. She took a photo of this butt plug and then she, like, put it in her butt and took photos of it because that's, like, what the submissive dominant world is obviously about. He, like, bought her this butt plug and wanted to see it. Epic. And so I had these photos of her butt plug. <laughs> Oh my, did you know, okay, a girlfriend of mine, actually, she left her phone in an Uber, and when I was talking to her, she was so upset that she lost her phone, and she has the guy's contact details, but he refuses to give it back. He's saying that he doesn't have it, but he does. He does, yeah. He does. Um, but the most important thing she said was, darling, the phone is unlocked, and there are very compromising photos hmm. of me on that phone. And I said, okay, you need to talk to a woman police officer, because yep. a woman would get that. Yeah. Yeah. And she did, but she didn't get the phone back. See, but. I, um... That's one thing. I've never taken nude photos. Never in my whole entire life have I even so much as slipped a nip. And I probably never will. Well, I have and I sent them to you. Yeah, was well, it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably have and I probably Snapchatted them You to have. You. You've, I send but, you. I, okay, this is a thing that we've been doing for how many years now? Maybe oh. like five years or so. <laughs> yeah. But I typically send you Snapchats of me naked and then you send them back to me. Yeah, but I've never taken like actual photos because I'm so scared that for that, that reason. Yeah. Right? You just can't trust anyone. Once it's and, online, it's there forever. And I'm like an old lady. I will preach to young girls about it when mm-hmm. they tell me they take nudes. I'm like, don't you take nudes? Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. Um, anyways... Enough about me seeing butt plugs in football. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm look. I didn't see any butt plugs or what, football in um in where was I? Thailand. I feel like you could have seen butt plugs if you tried. Oh yeah, I did. No, I didn't. I didn't go to a ping pong show, but so many people asked me. They're like, yeah, hey, I ping really pong show, to. ping pong show. I wish I did. I also really wanted to do like eat like crickets and spiders. Um, but I asked you to do that. I couldn't find them anywhere. I honestly could not find them, and I really, I did want to try. I did tell I'm a you, all you needed to do was find like an Australian family from Perth that was all wearing singlets and Havanas, honey. and follow them, and you would have found a place the crickets. Honey, at the park high. Yeah, please. see, this is your problem. <laughs> anyway, no, I can't talk Leave about like the whole trip. <laughs> well, I can't talk about the whole trip. Just ask me, like, maybe like the best and the worst, like. 
Uh, best. Okay, well, you just asked yourself the question, so why don't you tell me the best <laughs> and the worst? <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Okay. Um, look, probably, okay, the best part of the trip was probably just, like, look, the hotels. Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. So I did two cities. I did Bangkok and Phuket. In Bangkok, I ended up staying at the Sukhothai um, and the Park Hyatt. Mm-hmm. This is like, I went to Bangkok and then I went to Phuket and then I came back to Bangkok. So that's why I Had hotels. you planned that? Yeah, of course. Okay, why did you plan to... Because stay- our, our flight was from, to and from Bangkok. So I had to go to Bangkok eventually anyway to fly back home. Got you, yeah. So we spent a couple of days at the Sukhothai, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, then in uh, Phuket, we stayed at the Shore at Katathani, which was epic um we had a beautiful little villa like overlooking the ocean it was very mm-hmm. luxy um and then back to bangkok and we sat at the park hyatt which was heaven Love. like gorgeous yeah um but the worst part has got to be the flight home mm-hmm. it was a does i mean i can't even fathom it was a disaster jet stars it's kind of jet star is the worst airline in the world the worst i've never i haven't flown since i was 16 years old and they screwed me over and i probably never will this is why i always go to a travel agent this time we booked it ourselves from home at like 1 a.m and this is why bad things happen to us. No, see, I always book my own flights by myself. See, Although, how do you fair, do it? <laughs> I am oh, you're, notoriously no. the queen of travel disasters. You're, so you are a travel disaster. I am, yeah. You are. Um, so the, our flight home was cancelled that morning. So this is Thursday morning. The flight was cancelled first thing in the morning. Um, and we ended up trying to rebook and they said there were no flights available till Monday, which did not work. Mm-hmm. We had to get home for the weekend because we had commitments. We ended up uh, organising a flight with a guy named Leo from Jetstar over mm-hmm. the phone who told us, okay, you'll be flown business class from uh, Bangkok to Singapore and then you'll stay there overnight at a hotel that they provide yep. and then you'll fly home in the morning at Easy. like 11am, yeah. which I thought, okay, great. It's organised. We're a couple hours late, but at least we're here for Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Uh, we get to the airport and luckily we had the park hide gave us an interpreter with us, mm-hmm. which was really great yep. because we would have been stuck without them because there was like a crowd of people only a few people got emails to say that it was cancelled oh everyone God. else just rocked up to the airport trying to jump on the flight and they said the flight is not well they here. did that when i was i recently when i came home from bali they cancelled our flight they had only sent emails to i think like two people in our group and luckily they had got them yeah it was crazy mm-hmm. it was it was awful Absolutely, it honestly ruined the trip. Yep. We end up uh, flying to Singapore. Um, now, they told us it was business class. It was not. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were sitting in seat 1A and 1B, but this flight just didn't have business class, which I could get over. But um, going from having like a crispy salmon with like a bed of rice to um, a cup of noodles, which I do not, I'm not kidding. I had a cup of noodles. Um, I'll put a photo on the pod. But they're on the not ground. even good noodles. Usually they were like a Tom Yum flavour. They were bad. <laughs> Quite spicy, actually. Um, And then we get to Singapore and they said there's going to be a guy at the front of the gate with a sign with your name on it. We get there and there is a guy with a sign with names, none of which are ours. Yep. Not even one. Yep. And if it was someone like, if it had like Paula Abdul, I would be like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Take me to the hotel. (laughs) Or like Mariah Carey. I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Elizabeth Taylor. No. So then they said, okay, not we weren't alone as well. There was like 20 other people from the same cancelled flight. So we ended up going to the transfer's desk and they said to us bluntly, we don't know why you're here. Like, why did they fly you to Singapore? There is no flights to Melbourne. What? Uh, we don't that know why you're here. Not. Yeah, they it's honestly, they get, yeah. yeah, they, Star just lied to us to get us out of Bangkok. So yeah. now we're Singapore's problem. Yeah, uh, that's happened to me. Yeah. Um, now we ended up staying at the lounge in the airport overnight i slept paul did not um and then we ended up going to scoot to get a flight home Mm -hmm. which is what jetstar had organized yeah mind you remember leo had told us everything was business class everything's taken care of leo's a liar liza minnelli lies leo just wanted you off the phone leo just wanted us off the phone because we were threatening to sue him yeah fair enough which the threat is still there Okay, if he's, if he's putting in a lawsuit against Jetstar, tell him to call me. Oh, absolutely. Because they sent 16-year-old Amy to Darwin and then to Singapore, and it took me two days to get home from Bali, which is six hours Wait, away. Bali to Singapore to Darwin? Yeah, that, that's that's the story for another episode. You could have swam home. I, I could have, and I would have done it. <laughs> But anyway, so we get on the scoot flight, um, and again, we're not business class, like we paid for, 
we paid for business class, so I would assume we would get yeah. it, which we did not. This flight didn't have televisions. Had this anything. flight, yeah, it had no entertainment. It had no food. You had to pay for food on this flight as well. We yeah. have business yeah. class flights, and we're I going love that, on Scrooge. That you just said you had to pay for food like it was an outrage. I don't think I've been on I've, the last time I've been on a flight yeah. where I didn't pay for food. Oh my god. Okay, speaking of that, Paul had an argument with the stewardess because he asked for some water, and she said, "Okay, that'll be like three Singaporean dollars," and he said, "Uh, I." think not it's illegal to charge me for water while i'm in the air and he said get the pilot here because the pilot would be an expert in international law as i am and guess what he was right we don't have to well, pay yeah, water because no, i remember there was just something on the news not long yeah. ago where somebody was in outrage because they asked for a cup of water and they wouldn't give it to them you do not have to pay for h2o when you're up in the sky yeah no of course no not. do you think jesus is paying for water up there uh-uh in heaven get it uh, yeah. it wasn't very funny was it <laughs> Anyway, so, like, look, 20 minutes into the flight, I get a note from the stewardess saying, to Stephen Trajanovsky, seat 28D, from P. Panay Esquire, seat 2A. And I looked at it and I said, 2A? Then look over at his seat. He's not in his seat. The motherfucker is in business class (gasps) and left me at the back there. So there was a business class? There was. They just didn't want to give it to us. Paul ended up paying extra. He's like, I can't be in here. You know why? Because before the plane even went off, the woman next to Paul threw up all over the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I need to get out of here. And he did. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I know. He's like, I don't belong here. Paul is such a princess. He's such a mood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that is the most Paul-like thing I've ever heard. I know. And to send you a note as well. I know. Uh, no, okay, so this woman is with, this girl is with her mum and she, the like the girl is about to throw up or she, maybe she threw up in her hands or something. She was next to Paul and she's like, give me an airbag, give me a, a vomit bag, give me a vomit bag. And no one would come to her because everyone's like, I don't want to fucking come to you. Paul had one in his hand. Like he just took from the seat in front of him. He had one in his hand and he's trying to give it to her. I'm watching. And she says to her daughter, no one's coming, throw up in the aisle. She threw up in the aisle. And of course, everyone's just looking at it. I'm not <laughs> so going near it. Like, how do you pay for it when you're on the air? What, did he just like slip an air hostess a fitty and just walk on in? I think so. I didn't ask. But yeah, he's in the note. I've got it in my bag. But um, yeah, so, in the note, it said I ended up paying for business class. <laughs> and he left. Can we? Okay, pause this for a minute. I need to go get the note and come back. Okay. Okay, so we've just had a little bit of an argument. Fucking, you can I, read it. Okay. I really want to read Paul's note because it is so cute. So it's like, as Stephen was saying, we've this is like the third time I hope to record this as well because we keep butchering it. Um, so as Stephen, you you said you can tell Paul is a, a lawyer. Yeah. Um, because he does, he does dates it in the corner. It says second of August two two thousand and nineteen. Yes. Two ten p.m. EST. Mm-hmm. To Mister Stephen Trajanovsky. Wait, EST doesn't make sense. We're in Singapore. It's not Eastern Standard Time. Get it together, Paul. <laughs> How embarrassing. He's going to listen to this and be utterly humiliated. <laughs> From Mr. Paul Panay, Esquire. What does Esquire mean? I think it's like um, a lawyer. Like that tells people he's a lawyer. It was on Will and Grace. Oh, I guess. Yeah. So it must be right. Yeah. Uh, it says his seat number. And then it says, darling Stephen. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Economy class is utterly unbearable. I have decided to pay $160. $160 does not seem unreasonable. Okay, if I knew it was that cheap, I would have done it too. See, I wouldn't pay $160 because that's like the price of my flights. But for you... <laughs> yeah, 160 bucks. I would have taken that. Easy. Um, I decided to pay $160 and upgrade to business class. It is more tolerable than not. There are plenty of seats and a hot meal and booze. And a hot meal. It just sounds like you're coming back from war. Like, a come hot get me- a hot yeah, meal. Come get a hot meal. Also, actually, I remember why I didn't pay the 160 I was at that point where I was just so... Because I was telling Paul, I'm like, let's just fly economy. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I was almost too proud yep. to be like, no, no, I'm going to business class now. Economy like, I was like, fine. I just sat there and I actually listened to our podcast. Yep. And I'm like, Love I just it. sat there and I'm like, nah, I'm too proud to go up to the front of the plane. I'm at Lime like that though. I would have yeah. done the exact same thing and I would have stayed in economy for yeah. 10 hours if I had to. Yeah. Um, join me if you wish or I'll see you in Melbourne. <laughs> Love and regrets. Paul. Isn't he beautiful? Love and regrets. He's so good to me. But you know what I love? He was in seat 3F. Now I'm guessing that's his um, business class. Yeah. But you guys weren't sitting together to begin with. No, we weren't sitting together to begin with. Jetstar, get it together. 
Oh, and he's even if he f- he's like folded it and then written it mm-hmm. like it was an envelope to Mr. Stephen Trojanovsky seat twenty two D with a question mark. Which was not my seat. They gave it to the wrong person. They're, they're, they're like, that's not me. So they had to go back to Paul and be like, what's he wearing? It was like a pink linen jacket. A pink linen jacket. Of yeah, I travel in style. Course. I was supposed to fly at the front. You were. Is that apricot flowers? Yes, look, I haven't got an order in or anything. I just thought I'd ring to let you know that we're going away this week and we're going business class. Mare. Oh, salamat datang, mare, Kath. Bakbak sanjatidak. Business class. Now, if you guys um, listened to our podcast last week, which I feel like you absolutely should. You absolutely... I don't know anyone who hasn't. Everyone has listened to last week. (laughs) Everyone has told me how amazing it is. Well, um, I've got a little bit of an update on our boy, Chris Bowen. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember last week he was talking about how he is unemployed and his love life is up shit creek. (laughs) Well, I can now proudly say that Chris is employed. Oh, wow. He has a job as a a financial um, analyst. So I asked him basically for an How did he get that? Um, Look, I honestly don't know. And I think the people listening might be. I'm a little look. Look, Steve, I did say, didn't he? He did have, um, he did drop out of two university degrees. Yeah, he had economics and uh, architecture. Architecture. So he's a financial analyst. Yeah. This is why the stock market crashed this morning. <laughs> it's all his fault. <laughs> um, anyways, so I just basically said, give us an update, and these are his exact words. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went on a date. So he went on a date with the first girl. Remember when he was saying, I'm really excited. She yep. seems really normal. And she was messaging while we were doing the part. I remember. So he went on the date with her. She never messaged him back. Oh. Anyways, and then do you remember when he got a match when he was sitting at the, at the thing? Yeah, her name was Jessica, I remember. Yep. So mm-hmm. he went on a date with her. And so the first one, we've moved on. Uh-huh. Now this one he went on another date with, and I have his exact words. Um, he said, last date went down about as well as lead paint. <laughs> but like the lawyers of the Barley Nine, we take a deep breath and move on to the next case. <laughs> he said, he's working in the city as a finance analyst, so it's ripe for post-work drinks in my sharp business attire for any of your interested fans. <laughs> Did you hear that, guys? He's he's ready. He also um then just said he has so he, this guy literally goes on so many dates. He I weird honestly now that he's got the job, I don't know where he will find the time. I don't yeah well he he's so he, this is another date that he's been on three now. This third one, he said he got set up on a date mm-hmm. um but it wasn't really one. So it's like you know when your your friend said this person's interested and you're going there. It's like when you get to the blue light, like the blue light disco. Remember that? Yep. And then you would just sort of point to two friends. It'd be like you pash you. Yep. <laughs> and you ended up pashing and then they slowed down. I wish that was exactly. I wish Steve and we could walk into a bar and you could point to a guy and be like you. Yeah, you and you date her together, and then you start slow dancing with That's your arms I like. Found my husband. Yeah, your arms are like full tense to the grease medley. And then there's always one friend who comes and slips their hands down to the bum. Yes, I was always that friend. Oh, were you? Oh my god, slipping the hands to the bum. Oh my god, yes. I don't think I, I thought kissed... I was an absolute rascal. Oh. I was doing that in between, requesting, "Oh, Mickey, you're so <laughs> and hanging in the smoke machine. And my and humps, he... my humps yeah. is always at the blue light. Iconic. Yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, he said he got set up on a date. He walked into the house and the girl looks at him and says, is that my date? <laughs> In absolute disgust. Oh, no. And he said, we would have said 10 words to each other for the rest of the night. Got on like a house on fire. Oh, but you... Oh, oh. So, girls, if you are listening, Chris is still single and I will not give up until we find him, his soulmate. Let's make it a thing. Let's yeah. get him someone. Yeah. Someone, whoever, if you, if are, you listening are listening to the pod... If you listen to this podcast and you're a single lady, can you please... Direct message us. Yep. Let us know you're single. We might even do a speed dating for him one. We should. Or we can organise speed dating. Yes, for Chris, and we'll just have all eligible yep. ladies. Anybody who's out there, yeah. let us know. I know you all are a big fan of him because we've had the we've had the messages. Yep. And now he's got a job. Oh, even better. Great. Okay, let's move on to opinionated. This is opinionated, doll. Oh. Wait, what's what's this? your opinion? What's your Wait, opinion? Off with a cracky, so you can tell he's been in holiday mode. <laughs> the library is open. I don't read people. Of course you don't, Tara, because you're Christian. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion. 
All right, let's move into our first What's Your Opinion topic. Uh, Barnaby Joyce, mm-hmm. uh, the former Deputy Prime Minister, claims that he is counting pennies as his $211,000 salary doesn't go very far as he's now supporting two families. He says that it's given him an insight into how people survive on the $250 a week allowance, even to families on the New Start program. He said that with his two children to his current partner, Vicky, plus the support of his estranged wife and family, he was doing it tough. Oh, my God. Do you know much about Barnaby Joyce? Uh, uh, n- no. Really? No. Oh. Okay, I'm so- don't give me that, like, patronise. Do you know who Mac Horton is? The guy from The Bachelor. No, he is not. <laughs> Mac Horton is. We'll talk about Mac Horton. We'll go. We'll story. get to him now. Okay. Um, but anyway. can I just add to this? Steve? Yes. As you were just saying that, I've just done the calculations. Um, for Barnaby Joyce, he said he feel he could understand how people feel on the two hundred and fifty dollar a week new start allowance. Yeah. Um. So he, what's Barnaby Joyce get paid? Two hundred and eleven thousand. Yeah, two hundred eleven. And he's saying he feels like someone on new start. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty dollars a week. Mm-hmm. Two hundred fifty dollars times fifty two is thirteen thousand dollars a year. Yes. That's awful. That's so. That's how much they're paying, and he's sitting there saying, "No, I feel like I'm earning thirteen. Mate, you're earning like." That's ridiculous. 20 times? Sorry, Oh, Anyway, well, look, in 2018, uh, a member of Barnaby Joyce's staff, Vicky Campion, came forward to say that he, she had been having an affair with him. I'm just, can I and ask that, you, is he good looking? Absolutely not. You don't know what he looks I like. Know I, 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 and I was about to do the zinger as well. Not only was she having an affair with him, she fell pregnant. So he had been sleeping with... Um, you've got a photo of him now, don't you? Um, I'm just currently Googling him. He looks like Barney the Dinosaur. Oh, no! You know who it is now. Oh, okay, if he can get two women pregnant, yeah. then we should be able to find Chris a day. Yeah, yeah, he's got his wife, and then he, he slept with a member of his staff in who he got pregnant. But the... Oh, anyway. Look, the problem is that he was, he was known to be very conservative. Um, you know, he was very vocal on the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman, um, only for the public to find out that he had cheated on his wife and now had this other woman pregnant. But the problem is he got that woman pregnant and then had another baby with him. So they've had two children now, and he's complaining that his money doesn't go far enough. This is his choice. Okay, as I've just been Googling, but first of all, but Barnaby Joyce has a beer gut. Yeah. He also has yellow teeth that like are like, I mean, crooked they have, and snaggled. Did you notice I had my teeth done in, in Thailand? You did. It's literally the first thing I noticed. They you look, look like Ross on Friends Thank when he you. goes, and he does his teeth too much and he turns on lights and yeah. you can see. Thank you. Okay, Vicky Champion is Campion. hot. Campion. Oh, who cares? Campion. She is hot. Uh. For Barnaby Joyce. Yeah, oh, for Barnaby Joyce. I mean, ugh, a potato is hot. Even probably a bit out. What? <sighs> I know. But we pay for his wage, I think. Taxpayers. Yeah. We pay tax. Yeah. Yeah. He wants an increase because he had this other woman pregnant. Oh, uh, well, you know, Barnaby forced... Joyce, keep your sausage in its casing. I know. The poor thing is that he's forced to wash his own dishes without a dishwasher. <gasps> the trauma. Oh, my God, how... How on earth would he ever survive? He probably has to use a washing machine for his clothes the instead of dry cleaning it. The trauma. But well, you, I bet you he's not paying $160 to get an upgrade to business class. <laughs> no. Well, I found out. Well, I think we pay for his flights. It's oh, the government. Ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so we, um, I found out about this when I was in Thailand and I just read it from the Batuta Advocate on mm-hmm. Instagram, who surely you follow. No. If you, okay. If you, excuse me. So you've just got the influenza that's from your economy flight up. This is from people coughing on me on the flight. Anyway, Batuta Advocate is amazing. It's like real news, but in a funny way. They they put the point across, but they make make shit up and it's funny. Some of the um, headlines they put out... Barnaby Joyce purchasing two ki- court purchasing two kilograms of rump steak as brown onions at self serve checkout. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. Distraught Barnaby Joyce reveals he has no option but to sell his prized ushi. <laughs> <laughs> the blue one. The blue Should ushi. Somebody put one of them online for five thousand dollars. Don't you have one? I have one. Oh my god! If people are actually willing to buy them, who does this to half? There's more. Barnaby Joyce buys Seven Eleven coffee using Afterpay. <laughs> uh, Barnaby Joyce quickly logs out of Uber driver app as Channel Nine crew rushes Land Cruiser. <laughs> and one more. Barnaby Joyce adds promo cro- promo code to his Instagram bio for new teeth whitening product. <laughs> 
Isn't that great? The rump steak. The one. rump steak is brown onions. Brilliant. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. When you turn my voice about, I don't like it. When you vote one nation out, my language has been murdered. My language has been murdered. My shopping trolley murdered. My groceries just gone. I don't like it. When you turn my voice about, I don't like it. When you vote one nation out, my language has been murdered. My language. Pa- now, Stephen, you always shame me um, for not knowing people. No. Now is my time to shame you. All right, here we go. Um, so, do you know anything about Sun Yang? Okay, I know a little bit about this. Yep, I do. This is the guy who won the ch- uh, the guy who won the gold medal. Yes, and it was he really shouldn't have won. So do you, okay, so Sun Yang, um, he's a Chinese uh, swimmer, mm-hmm. and he got done for doping. Like he was caught with drugs in his system. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, he's also just like he's this super. Con- First of all, he's really hot. Okay, yeah, he seriously. Is. Yeah. Google him, guys. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So, uh, Mac Horton, who's an Australian swimmer. Have you, do you know anything about Mac Horton? I know a little bit about this. I do. Not much. It's sort of like when you say, like, I know someone, but I don't. Like, I know them, but I don't know them. It's kind really. of like me and Barnaby Joyce. Yeah, yeah. You know him, um, but you don't know him. So, Mac Horton, he's a gold medalist for Australia. He's an absolute swimming legend. He's a legend. Um, he started it all, basically. When Sun Yang won gold, Mac Horton refused to podium with him. So Sun Yang, he's currently under investigation for more drug doping allegations. Mm-hmm. He was also caught um, by the World Body um, Swimming Organization. He smashed some blood vials in Ugh. front of officials. When they tried to take his blood to um, test it for doping, He sma- his mother requested that they smash them. So they smashed him in front of him so they couldn't test his blood. Oh, that just says meth problem right there. Exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> Also, have you seen him as well? How tall he is? You? How yeah. are you not on drugs? Uh, exactly. How are you not as on... As somebody who's been with some Asians, there's <laughs> something going on there. Yes. Um, anyway, so he refused to podium, and then it became this big drama. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Body, FINA, again, they sent out warning letters to all other swimmers against the protest, mm-hmm. saying, like, well, we, we could, like you, you need all need to stop. If you, if you are basically placed with him, stand on the podium. But you can't force anyone sport. to do anything. No. I don't think if I was if I was Matt Horton, I wouldn't podium with him anyway. No, if you win a gold medal, you want to win because you're the best of the best. Not because you're cheating. Exactly. And it brings the game into disrepute, and it's just it sets a really bad like precedent for anyone out there who thinks that they want to do well in swimming. That okay, let's just take some drugs, and that's how we're going to get it. Yeah. Um. Also, so Duncan Scott, who's a British swimmer, um. He also followed on Mac Horton and did the same thing. He took the lead. So basically, Sun Yang, he got given um, the, got a gold medal after he came second in the 200-meter world title because Lithuania's, oh, I can't even say his name, like Danis Rapsis uh, was disqualified for a false start. So Sun Yang, as second place, then got, his go- then got the gold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Duncan Scott, who's a British swimmer, also refused to get on the podium. And then this Sun Yang turned around and like lost his shit and was like, I did, you I loser, I am winning. <laughs> I am winning. And was like making this massive scene. So now like the World uh, Swimming Federation is like sending out letters and is like, we need to like bring some order. To this chaos. This is a mess. There needs to be... It's not the Olympics. What is it? It's... it's the is it the Olympics? So, uh, you basically... Before you go to... The, so, people can't just go into the Olympics. Uh-huh. You oh, yeah, that's go, true. You have yeah. to qualify and you have to get world titles. So, this is the world um, title. Mm-hmm. Why are there different rules for different countries? If this was to happen to an Australian athlete, it did happen to an Australian it athlete. Did. They found yeah. who was that? They had there was a female swimmer who had uh, drugs in her system, and they sent her back to Australia. Yeah. Why? Yeah, Shana Jack. So she she recently she's just been suspended by the Australian um swimming federation because she got caught with some drugs in her system and that's so what people were then talking to Matt Court and they're like well would you have protested now that this has happened to Shana Jack and he turned around and he said well yeah if she won a gold medal yes he said he said no he said I still would have done the protest to Sun Yang even though she has been done for 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 doping mm-hmm. because Australia has said to her, okay, you're disqualified, you're not competing. They've now, they've punished her. China is just letting Sun Yang do whatever the bloody hell he pleases. This is a nightmare. Absolute this bloody is... nightmare. No. But you know what they like over in China? They have like sports academies. They send kids there when they're like four. Yeah, they do. They do. They are very, look, I always said this as well, and I tell all of my friends, when you have children, put your kids in dance class straight away. 
they used to do some kind of sport my, or some kind of creative dance or something. My children, I say this all the time, will literally play every single team sport there is. Yeah. Not, I hate individual sport because your kids become assholes. Look at Nick Kyrgios. Oh, my God. Okay, speaking of Nick Kyrgios, I was actually going to talk to you about this. Mm. You know how he always, like, yells and screams and just goes fucking nuts all yeah. the time? I think he does it on purpose because I think he, like, he likes it as his brand. You know what I mean? Like, it's his well, brand to be, like, hot and heavy. I think it, it does make him hot. It does, but I I think it's sort of like people expect it of me. They expect a show. So I'm going to give them a show and I'm going to break my tennis racket and I'm going to go up in arms and go bloody Jets crackers because that's what people want. And do you know what? I enjoy it. I kind of want it. I'm yeah. a big fan of Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's like when I see the Williams sisters start playing and they don't have braids. I'm like, babe, know your audience. Bring your, <laughs> like, wear your beads. <laughs> I had those braids and they were so bad. I know. I remember. I do not have the face for pride. I remember you had them. I remember you rocked up to school. We were how old were we? I would have been great. Eight. Eight, maybe? Yeah, I think And I remember great. you rocked up to school and you had them braided in with hair extensions. It was and so cool. They looked like seatbelts. Yeah, <laughs> they, were... they were literally made up. Oh, oh, it was like seatbelt oh, material. But, and oh. I was, I thought I was eating a bit. And I remember in basketball, they made put in a big plait because they're like, it's a weapon. Well, it is. The Williams <laughs> girls. Yeah. I remember I went to that game. It was Venus versus Serena and they both had braids with beads on the end <laughs> and they would hit the ball and the beads, beads would like slap them in the face. Well, yeah, that's the thing. My, my braids, when I'm playing ball, could yeah. have hit like another eight-year-old in the eye. Oh, uh, okay. Quentin Tarantino has a new film coming out. Uh, it's titled Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it premieres in Australia next week. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. So am I. Yes. I've seen anything with Margot Robbie mm-hmm. and Leonardo DiCaprio and like Brad Pitt. Yes. A lineup like that. Yes. What's it about, though? So, Margot Robbie is playing Sharon. You would be so excited about this. You already I, know what it, you I don't, don't know. know what it, what okay. What's it about? Margot Robbie's playing Sharon Tate. Uh, which tells us that it's about the Manson cult murders. You're wrapped. You're pumped for the fall oh wall. <laughs> okay, know. I'm very excited. Look, I read I some... I just did this really, like, weird, like... Yes. Almost like a sexual, like a... <sighs> if there's someone who loves... Oh, I don't know if you love serial killers or you love the idea of serial I'm killers. I am obsessed... For Christmas, I made my mum buy me a book of famous mug shots. Yes. Of like murderers and stuff. And it's it's, it's a really creepy thing to be into. Oh my but God. I am so into murderers and killers and... You just gave me such an idea. I'm very into the block at the moment. And yeah. as you know, I've got my apartment getting I built. Don't, I love how your thought of process is serial killers, the block. But yeah. wouldn't it be fabulous in my bathroom, like a guest bathroom, to have like celebrity mug shots like framed? <gasps> It would. You need to go through my book because heaps of them have it. Yes. Anyway, okay, go Brendan on. Fraser, he's got about 90 million. Yeah. But what ever happened to him? I should don't know who that is. You don't know who Brendan Fraser is. All right, we'll get there. Anyway, uh, what's your favourite Tarantino film? Let me guess, Kill Bill. No, it's not. It's such a common answer. What is it? Um, Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you know, every single time I always tell someone about, I say something about Kill Bill and they're always like, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. And I'll ask them, what's it about? And they'll have no idea. Yeah, it's about the girl and she is in a coma and then she wakes up and she wants to get revenge. Revenge, yes. No one knows. No one can get it. I'm sorry. I've just Googled Brendan Fraser to show you. But like... It looks like Brendan Fraser has just eaten seven other Brendan Frasers. You can remember him. He was the heartthrob of all the movies. Oh, yeah. He's cool. He was in everything. And then he just like suddenly like died. And then I think he lost all his money or his ex-wife took all his money and he has to pay like $900,000 a year to her. Oh. Because it happened when he was like the big hit. Anyways, that's that's a whole spiel. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) We're talking about your favorite Pulp Fiction. Yes, Pulp Fiction, love it. Icon. Okay, my favourite, thank you for asking, uh, Jackie Brown, who no one has seen, but I think it's the best one. You've, I know you've never seen it, but Jackie Brown is honestly... Look, I think with all... <laughs> maybe with all Tarantino films, I think they get better with age. They're like a yep. fine wine mm-hmm. where I'm like... I age like a bad curry. Like, the older <laughs> I get, really, like, the worse I'm getting. But Tarantino, they, they, they're like a nice noir. You know what I mean? They really... They they get better with yeah. age. The more you watch them... I hope I get better with age. Yes! Because like, if I don't, I'm absolutely screwed. Well, we did the face-up thing where we aged ourselves. I looked so good. I did not. I... I did mine and I wasn't even like we, we posted in like, like one of our groups and everyone was like you are I look like an absolute gilf I'm almost <laughs> hot out when I'm 60 maybe I'll find a husband then look I was not but look uh, due to um some some poisons that I've been injecting have my you seen face. Lisa have you, did you say they did one of Lisa Rina no I didn't see Lisa Rina's one <laughs> who 
She looks the same. The same? She <laughs> looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. That influenza. <coughs> the Ebola. Oh my god. <clears throat> Anyway, look, the film goes for three hours, which oh. is, uh, I know. Look, if you can't get your story over and done within 90 minutes, you weren't trying. Yeah. <laughs> you were not. I always, when I'm on Netflix, I'm always flicking through movies and I'm like, no, nah, too long, too long, too long. 90 minutes, Do you know perfect. what they're How many stories have we covered tonight and we've only been recording for 33 minutes? Yeah. They, they are not trying hard enough. Exactly. One of the greatest movies of all time, Kath and Kim Dorella, is 90 oh. minutes. Kath and Kim is on Netflix. and Anybody who knows me, um, <laughs> you will already know this, but our listeners won't. I don't care who tells you they're a Kath and Kim fan. I will lit- try me. Oh, absolutely. I have had the DVD collection for about 10 years. I can quote every single line. I have multiple T-shirts that have Kath and Kim quotes on. Yeah. And cartoons, everything. And when I saw that it was on Netflix. Yeah, I was so impressed. I was standing in the middle of the room and I saw the news and I went, <gasps> The news. And my mum and, and my brother stopped and they looked and they're like, what's happened? <laughs> and I went, Kath and Kim is on Netflix. And my brother went, oh, are you kidding me? Kath they and thought Kim, someone yeah. had died because I was so dramatic oh my over God. it. Kath and Kim is, again, it's one of those shows that just gets better with age. Yeah. The more you watch it, the funnier it gets. The so key to my heart is somebody going for Collingwood and agreeing that to let me show them the castle and Kath and Kim. Done. Put a ring on it. I really love that we started talking about a Tarantino film. And we <laughs> ended up with <laughs> Kath and Kim. And the castle. And the castle. But hey, that's it. What am I going to do? I mean, I'm going to kill myself just walking down the aisle. Here's your statue, Mum. Oh, what for the love of God is that? It's a statue you wanted. What? No, it's not, kid. Yes, it is. It's a statue of little baby cheeses. Little baby cheeses? Oh, little baby Jesus, Kim Jesus. Okay. Okay. Amy, what are you holding? What is that? Um, it's, a, it's a Timon stuffed toy i've got a pumba there too oh gorgeous. i bought them for lauren um friend, friend of the pod, pod. <laughs> um, when i went and saw i saw the other lion king and lauren and i used to do the, we did this iconic hakuna matata performance i remember that yeah everyone does okay and um so i went i went and bought the 15 dollars each that's a lot i think it's a bargain 30 bucks two toys it's like this tiny little we'll put a photo on the pod and you guys can tell us it was 15 dollars worth <laughs> Because that will go to Kevin in like 20 minutes. That's why they're sitting on my desk. You don't want Kevin to touch them. Because he's one foot tall. All right, let's move into our next topic. (laughs) Which I'm calling George Columbaris and the MasterChef Mess. Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay, I read a very interesting article on news.com.au and it said, Is George Columbaris a ruthlessly greedy and money-hungry monster who exploits his workers or merely a chef who is out of his depth? Amy, what do you think about this? I think he's a, I think if you're a chef and you make it onto TV, mm-hmm. you need to sort of ride that cash cow for as long as you can. Or at least get a bookkeeper who knows what he's doing. Yeah, who's Martha Stewart? She went to prison. Icon. Iconic. I- <laughs> but you get what I mean? Like, you need to take advantage of it. All right. Well, let's... Was, she went to prison for tax evasion, didn't she? I have no idea. They're all, they're all greedy. Yeah, they are. All chefs are. Let's get the facts down. So, mm. b- all right. In 2017, George was forced to make a public announcement that 162 employees had been underpaid by $2.6 million, <sighs> claiming that he had poor processes. An investigation by Fair Work Australia concluded that over six years, 515 people employed by his hospitality empire were underpaid a total of $7.8 million. Some of these workers would oh, have worked at his... Can you imagine the paperwork for that? Oh, I know. Can you have... What a drainer. I, just... I haven't even done my taxes for this past year because I, I just don't just... have the time. I'm sorry. I'd rather just not. Like, if I worked for Fair Work, I'd be like, you know what? $7.8 million. Like... <laughs> Who gives a crap? Just that they haven't noticed. Yeah, you know. Look, some of these restaurants, are most popular ones are Gazi, Hellenic Republic, and Jimmy Grant's, which is his fast food chain. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I've actually, I, you know me, I'm a foodie. Yeah. I love a good restaurant. Uh, yeah. I don't cook. I eat out almost every night or I yeah. order in every night. Um, and I've never had a great experience at one of these restaurants. Really? Ever. And I've been to all of them. 
Okay. I've never had a good experience. Well, there you go. It's always been sloppy. Well, that's why, because they've been working there getting $2 an hour. Exactly. Even when I did Uber Eats with them, I did uh, Uber Eats with Jimmy Grant's. They delivered to my apartment mm-hmm. and um, they took an hour and a half to fulfill my order. An hour and a half for a souvlaki. Yeah, and uh, wait for it, an hour and a half only for them to cancel it after a year <gasps> and a half. A year and a half. It was, felt like that. An hour and a half. They cancelled it and I didn't get my fucking souve. Did you, do you know what my brother taught me? That if you send a, um, like an, uh, if you message Uber Eats about it, they mm-hmm. will then give you a, uh, like, they'll give you a voucher. Yeah, they did. I'm a very good Uber Eats customer. I, can, I, can I am a very good Uber Eats customer <laughs> and they would bend over backwards for me and they have. Once yeah. I've actually ordered food before to get sent to work mm-hmm. and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And it got delivered and the guy calls me and was like, uh, where are you? And I'm like, I'm at the front of my building. And he was in the city and I was <gasps> in track. Oh my God. Do you yeah. know, I once had the dream, the dream situation. I had a guy turn up and he handed me food. Uh-huh. And it um, wasn't yours? Maybe. It wasn't mine. But this person had like a way better order than mine. So they had this like fancy ass hot dog with all this stuff. <laughs> they had like loaded fries. They had ordered the... Um, it was like a Cookie Monster, like Oreo milkshake with all these like bits on top. There was an ice cream in it. So all these sort of stuff, which was like, and I calculated it. What are heaps? And then I called the restaurant. And went, There's just been an order. Because I was trying to be fair. Yeah, yeah, That's nice of you. That's great. The turned up. It's not mine. And she's like, okay, what is your order? And then she, so they sent me my food as well. So I essentially had. Double down. And I didn't pay for it. That's great. It was absolutely phenomenal. All right, back to George. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, the unions say that this was a deliberate cost-cutting business model intended to pay staff as little as possible. He refused to pay penalty rates, overtime rates, annual leave loading, split shift wages, among others. Mm -hmm. Even some ex-employees are still coming forward saying they haven't received their back pay. None of them have, well, I'm sure some, maybe some have, but some of them have not. And yeah. they've come forward to say they have. Uh, even in, jo- in 2012, George sparked a national debate when he said that trading on a Sunday was nearly unprofitable because he had to pay staff $40 an hour. Well, he also yeah, said, it's a lot. yeah, he also said that it's not like his staff had to go to university for 15 years. <gasps> he did not say that, did he? No, he did. Yes. And that sparked a national debate. Who's going to university for 15 years? Yeah. How bad are you at uni if you I know. have to stay for 15 years? I know. But you know what? Fair enough, they didn't have to go to university for 15 years. But <laughs> working in retail and hospitality can suck. We, okay. we do it. Take this from somebody who was full-time in retail um, up until last year, and now I'm a full-time uni student. Mm-hmm. If you had to ask me... Any day of the week, what I prefer, I prefer uni. Uni is so much easier than retail. Anybody who thinks that working in retail is an easy gig, you need to come and work a day. Because it is the hardest work that you can do. And so, like, that's why I'm literally going, I went to uni as, like, a break. Yeah. It's, look, it is, it's tricky. Like, sometimes you could get a, we have to work with people and people suck. Mm. We have, sometimes you could get a customer and, and then. sometimes you don't get customers, you just got to stand there. Well, yeah, true. But it's not worse than getting a customer who's incredibly rude, incredibly demanding, because it honestly can give you mental health issues. Mm. There are so many times where if I've worked in retail and I've, I've had to tell my, my colleagues just, I need 15 minutes after dealing with a nightmare customer who was incredibly disrespectful, incredibly rude, incredibly demanding. I've had to say, just give me 15 minutes. I just need time to myself. Do you know what's really good that my, what my company do is Mm -hmm. they have a free counseling. Um, so they pay this counseling service and anyone that works for them can go get free counseling and like, we don't find out about it or anything. Yeah. I think we do that as well. All workplaces should have that now. They do. Absolutely. Have you ever had an employee underpay you or have you ever worked for a dodgy business? (laughs) <laughs> oh, here we go. My first job was Jim in Greensboro Plaza. Don't say the name of the business. In, nah, they've gone under. It was called, oh, have they? Yeah. Um, of course they have. It was called Pure and Delicious. It was. Just, it was. Do you remember the? Do you know where the cave? You wouldn't have been to Greensboro. Oh, Plaza. I forgot you worked there. It was. Oh, I was thinking of something else. It was this little like it was like this little like sandwich shop, and it was one of these like little Asian couple. One of them was called Nancy, and everybody worked for them. Yeah, I remember because Nancy. You could get a job so easily. Yeah. Anyways, I was getting paid six dollars an hour, <laughs> and at lunchtime, if you made yourself a sandwich um <laughs> that six dollars would you like you'd get paid less for an hour so oh my god take it out of, should take it out of what you owe like what you earned but because you're earning six dollars an hour you could get lunch you could get like i would know i'd get like i'd make myself like a chicken sanger and get That's, like i'm assuming more than six dollars a gatorade <laughs> and with her prices it, that was like four hours work. oh my god it was horrible and i went on a holiday and then 
I was away and mum's like, so I found you a better job. Oh, great. And so I just never went back. Never gave back the uniform. Didn't quit. Just stopped. What about you? Uh, yes, many. Well, mm-hmm. look, a few. I've had my time. Yep. Um, I worked once at a clothing store many, many, many years ago. They severely underpaid all of us. Uh, we They refused to pay penalty rates over time. They also asked us to work in dangerous conditions. For example, eight hours without a break. Also, That's work- illegal. Yeah, absolutely. Working- the company I work for now is so by the book. And yeah. it's because we, if we work any over than five hours, I get an hour break. Same. I love my job. Mm-hmm. Love my job. Um, there was also one occasion at this place where none of the staff were paid, and then mysteriously the head office moved to a secret location, which was like the back of a kitchen shop. It was so <laughs> unusual. Um, and then, ironically, debt collectors started coming into all of the stores to ask questions where the owners were. No. Yeah, it was a nightmare. See, I, I'm, I'm like, I've only really worked for, besides Nancy at Pure and Delicious, where I never went back and I worked there for about... Oh, I think I worked there for three months because I got a six hundred dollar phone bill and had to pay it. Yeah. Um. Then I had my job. I worked at the local green groceries. Um. Scully Brothers in Greensboro. Shout out. Cause I they were great. Them. Yeah. I was there for six years, and now I've been with my job at the moment for about seven. So I'm just I don't know. I'm a good employee. Yeah, you are. I think you are a good employee. You're I a good example. I don't leave. But the idea, I think the key is work for a big business. Don't work for little businesses. Look, it's a shame that we're not giving little businesses a go. But typically, they're the ones that rip you off. Yeah. George Columbaris, do you reckon he was a little business? No. No, but he did rip people off. Yeah, he ripped people off. Anyway, look, I also worked somewhere that when I resigned, after being there for a few years, I resigned. I gave him three weeks' notice. They sent me home that day, and they said, look, you'll be paid until your resignation date. Monday morning, I received an email telling me that my contract had been terminated. <gasps> so after I had resigned on a Friday, they said, just go home now. It's fine. We'll pay you out no. for the next three weeks. And they fired me on Monday. So they didn't pay me. But if they fire you, don't they have to still pay you anyway? Uh, they pay me my annual leave, but after a big hustle of trying to get that, uh, part of the reason why I left the company, it was Dodge. Part of the reason why I left that company, they had we had like a wage and then we had our commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, So the more money we brought in, the more money we would make. They hired a marketing agency and promised that we would all benefit from the sales, therefore asked us all to pay for the marketing fees. Wait, wait is this where you worked? Yeah, a long time ago. Where was it? I'll be, I'll beep it out. Don't Please worry. beep that out. Okay. Um, look. Okay. So they they told us that we would all benefit from the from these marketing these marketing companies. So they asked us to pay for it. It was sixty thousand dollars a year. I refused. I was like, this doesn't seem right. If you want me to pay marketing fees for your company, give me shares in your company. Yeah, exactly. Because I know that you're trying to sell this company and you know it's worth a lot more with marketing under its belt. Yeah. And they were. That was. I knew it straight away. Um, then I found a debt collector's notice saying that they had not paid a single cent to this marketing company. And I thought, where the fuck has everyone's money gone? And instead of sort of going up in arms and being Nancy, Nancy Drew about it and being the, uh, who, mm, who's that woman Julie Roberts played? That really great movie. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Bro- I felt like Aaron Brockovich. Hey, I've seen a movie. Yes. Uh, I felt like Aaron Brockovich, but I was like, nah, you know what? I'm just going to leave yep. and leave on good terms. Yep. And they fired me on the fucking Monday. <laughs> I know. Anyway, back to George Columbaris. Okay. Um, the news came with no better time because at the same time that this mm-hmm. was breaking, Channel 10 announced that they would they were firing all three judges from yep. MasterChef. Uh, they're who, I, he, yeah, George Columbaris, Gary Megan, and Matt Preston. They're is that being what replaced. his name is? Gary Megan? Yeah. It's spelt a bit oddly, but yeah. I, old I know Matt Preston, George Columbaris, I just knew Gary. Yeah. Uh, they were being replaced after lengthy discussions over contracts could, after contracts could not be agreed upon. It was also reported that the three judges asked for a 40% pay rise on top of their already $1 million <gasps> each per season. Is that what they were getting paid? They were getting a million dollars a season and they wanted 1.4 million. Oh my God. I don't blame them for asking. Oh, like, no, neither do I. Yeah, no, you're worth. I always ask for it. I would like to know how much, how much money MasterChef brings. I can't, first of all, I can't believe it's still going. Cooking yeah. shows are the worst. They, I know is, you love them. I love them. Um, but it is due to expire. <sighs> Yeah. It is. Look, MasterChef is over. They cannot replace these three judges without it's, some uh, kind of backlash. Well, they have already, apparently. Well, who's going to replace... God, please. Uh, they're losing, like, the entire format of the show. Those three judges are MasterChef. 
Matt Preston, I used to watch it. I only ever watch it like in between things. Yeah. And I watched it basically. It's just like the way he would taste food always really upset me. Like he'll like dabble a spoon in some yogurt. Yeah. Um, and I say yogurt because again, Kathy, I reference. Yogurt. Um, yogurt muesli's old camel health. Petite days. yeah. Um. Anyways, and he'll like dip a spoon in like some parfait or whatever hell it is yeah and he'll sit there and he'll like suckle on the end of it mm, mm, yeah it's just like, like oh i like it's him the most cringeworthy thing ever and he sits there with that neck cravat oh give it a spell mate i love it when he walks with his outfits as well he's always in such a loud print. and he's got kids doesn't he does he i've never really looked yeah, into no, his see, private that's, life that's the fun thing yeah he's, he's straight oh good you know what no one's perfect <laughs> <laughs> jesus still loves him it's fine <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so Gary Megan. Look, the show is over without mm-hmm. these judges. Gary Megan, he's the grounded, like, professional chef. Um, Matt Preston, he's the flamboyant, overacting, eccentric character. Um, he's he's his own show in himself. Yeah. Uh, George Columbaris, who's a bit of a mess. Yeah. But you put them all three together, and there's just such chemistry. You know, people yeah. can't help but love them. It's going to be hard work to replace them. But who do you think the new judges could be? Or who would, actually, who would you like to see? Honestly, couldn't care less about MasterChef or I like, like Master any of Chef. them. Um, do it have to be food judges? Because I don't watch any food shows, so I wouldn't know. Well, it would make sense for a cooking show to have. Nah, see, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd switch it up. Maybe chuck Mark Holden in there. Mark Holden. Sam Newman. Yeah, Sam, okay. Um, and... I was going to say somebody else, but he's also football-related. Come back to me, I'll give you a third. <laughs> All right, fine. What about yours? Mine. Okay, look, I did a little bit. I, mine are food-related, mostly. Yeah. Uh, Nigella, Nigella Lawson. Yep. You know her. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, have your tits out. Yep. Um, include, like, mysterious white powder in a mystery box. Um, make lots of sexually implying sounds. Uh, Julie Goodwin, remember her? She was the first winner. Yeah, she was lame. No! Look, she was, like... Uh, created a whole brand of like home style cooking in an area where it was so in to go and watch a cooking show about impossible to cook meals using things like dry ice and like century old eggs. She would just make a rotisserie chicken and she was epic at it. It's like uh, Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Look, 20 minute me- uh, $10 meals. Where are you getting it? No. Who no. was that? Um, Who was that chef? And he was like Australian and he used to wear this, um, the braces that had the Australian flags on them. Oh, Huey. Huey. Huey's cooking adventures. Is he dead? Okay, we were talking about, I was talking about him yesterday, my friend Kim. Is he dead? No, he's alive. What's he doing? He should be on MasterChef. See, that's not, that's, that, that was my, where I was getting at. So yes. my third one, if I was going to have it be, um, who who did I say? Who's the first one? Mark Holden, Mark Holden. because he's also probably dead. So let's throw him in there. <laughs> Huey, throw him in there because, you know, it's anything that's cooking. And then just have Shane, um, Sam Newman in there. Yeah. So he can just like, I don't know, or maybe, and put Shane Crawford in there. They've all got a lot have of time four. on their hands. Have, have Shane, Shane, <laughs> Shane Crawford and Sam Newman just so they can have the banter and they can be like, what the hell is this? What the and f- then you have one person with food. Perfect. <laughs> I really want Maggie Beer on there. Mm-hmm. She won't do it. She's already said, look, I've got a really special place in my heart. Um, and she's a judge on the Great Australian Bake Off, one of my favourite TV shows. But she's already came forward and said that at this stage of her life, she can't commit to such a massive schedule and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so in her place, I choose Peppa Pig. She is the moment. She's an icon. She's just released her first album titled My First Album. Which oh my is god. Very well titled. It shot to the top of the charts. She's on top of Beyonce, Katy Perry. They've all released new songs recently. <laughs> Katy <laughs> Katy Perry's living that Peppa Pig. To a pig. I know, Peppa Pig has gone straight up to number one. Uh, now Peppa Pig's in my newsfeed every day purely because of this hilarious meme, someone has asked Google, how tall is Peppa Pig? Mm -hmm. And Google has responded with, which, by the way, Peppa Pig's company or the creators of Peppa Pig have not confirmed nor denied this. Uh, She's over seven foot tall. Uh, Okay. She's the same height as Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which is terrifying. So, fun um, little trick for you. Following us at the Instagram what is it? Did the you say opi- at, the, is it, at the opinionated pod. That's right. I'm in charge of the Instagram, but I don't even know what it is. Please also like and subscribe to us and rate us five stars. It'll take you two seconds of your day. Yes. And it saves us having to grab people's phones and do it. Tell your friends and yeah. become friends tell of the pod. Tell your dates. Tell, every, tell your mother, tell your father, tell everyone. Tell your mailman, tell your milkman. Tell mm. that random feminist on the bus. Tell mm. everyone. Do you reckon there is still milkmen? Um, no. We'll get back to that next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.